March is here, and it would be madness to miss the awesome, cozy winter weekend special at the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach. Enjoy a two-night stay, room service dessert, and more. Experience the serenity of the winter ocean from the warmth of your oceanfront suite. You don't have to go far away to get away from it all. Visit BoardwalkPlaza.com and book your winter getaway today. And let's not forget amazing dining at Victoria's Restaurant. Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, all year long. Reservations are not necessary, but always welcome. Call 800-33-BEACH or reserve at opentable.com. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. If you've ever been to the Bible section of your favorite bookstore and been like, wait, I thought there was one Bible. Why is there a whole <laughs> section of these things? <laughs> you found the right podcast. I'm Mark Dickey. And I'm Burt Miller. This is the Why Do Christians Podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on the Bridge Radio Station. My co-host is Pastor Burt Miller of Solid Ground Church. Burt, how are you doing today? Man, Mark... Present active participle, Dickie. I'm doing great. <laughs> doing great. Good. It makes me happy when you're doing great. Not oh, just good. Thanks, but man. Great. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about translations of the Bible, mm-hmm. which I guess you could think of it as you know the languages, different different language translations, right. but also there are a whole bunch of different kinds of English Bibles. Oh yeah. So. I guess the right place to start when talking about Bible translations is, uh, you know, that phrase lost in translation is that when you're taking one thing from one language to the next language, certain contexts, certain details, this word means something a little bit different in this language than this language. And if you translate something multiple times, well, then you can lose a lot of the original heart of the text. Right. Right. Well, that's not necessarily what's going on with, with the translations that we've got. Right. So, um, I I know how we get that belief. Like that that belief sort of comes from you know there there are popular maybe uh, non Christian uh, entertainers, comedians, who, what have you. Who'll say like how can you exactly what you're saying? Like how can you believe in the Bible? It's just you know it was one language that was translated to another language that was translated to another language. Yeah. Um, that's not what we've got now. Like I think where that that misunderstanding comes from is way way back in the the fourth century there there was a. Uh, a translation of the Bible that was called the Vulgate. Uh, it was done by Saint Jerome, and what it was was Jerome like he, he wanted to have a, a common uh, set of scriptures that could be read uh, among different churches, and so uh, he took what was the the Greek translation of uh, the Hebrew Old Testament, uh, mm-hmm. and then he translated all of it into Latin, um, and so that's how you get sort of the translation of a translation. Like, so he took the Greek and the New Testament, put that in Latin, and that was the Vulgate. And then uh, for a little while, when people started reading the Bible in English, there were some people who would translate the Latin Vulgate into English. And so that, at that point, you're going from uh, Hebrew to Greek to, to Latin to English. And that, that's how you could maybe get that, but, but that, that version is not really that much in use anymore. And maybe we should just mention that the Bible was not originally <laughs> written in English, right? What? Yeah, I know, right? So... In, in its original manuscripts, um, it was written in three languages. Uh, in the Old Testament, you've got mostly ancient Hebrew, and there are a couple sections of the book of Daniel and the book of Ezra that are written in Aramaic. Hmm. 
then the New Testament, um, which came hundreds of years after it, um, you know, the, the, the speaking language of the ancient world where it was written, like the very, very common tongue was Greek. And so the letters of the New Testament are written in Greek. Um, but the way that we get the, these, these translations now, it's not usually as though, you know, you've got these manuscripts and who could know what they are. Um, and maybe you've got one guy in a back room who's just going, all right, it's, it's this. Instead, usually what, what you'll have is a group of scholars who specialize in Greek or Hebrew, depending on the book. And they'll take the the different manuscripts and and there there are um, you know they'll sort of evaluate first of all okay do we think this is the earliest manuscript do we think this is probably hmm. the closest uh, to what was originally uh, circulated um, so for instance um, the Gospel of Mark is pretty notable for this where Mark um, if you're reading through your your Bible you might see a little footnote in there where it says like you know. Uh, the earliest manuscripts that we have don't have these verses right here. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So they're evaluating stuff like that, like with, with historians and other scholars. And then what they do is that the group of people who specialize in the languages, once they've decided on the, the manuscript that they're going to use, um, the sort of council of people, they'll go, all right, let's, let's translate this together. All right, do we think this is the best way to understand it? Do we think this is the best way to understand it? So it's not like one person who could possibly error Generally speaking, um, it, it's a group of people working together who specialize uh, in those languages that are being translated into English. So we've got these different manuscripts, mm -hmm. and they're from kind of all different time periods. They're from all over. How do we know that we've got the right ones? Right. Well, so not not always different time periods, but they're they could be copied in different regions. You know, there's a there's a, a book by a guy named uh, Bruce Metzger called The Text in the New Testament, where one of the things he did was he sort of traced how we have these different uh, manuscripts of, of the the letters and, and you know, gospels, uh, epistles, things that we've got. Um, and, and he sort of showed how, all right, based on this, here's how we could tell when and where this was probably written. And it, it's pretty neat. Um, but, but something to realize is, you know, like when we say, like, okay, there's different manuscripts, that, that might cause some of us to be like, oh my goodness, like, how can we even know? Because many of us, we think that the Bible is this thing where it's sort of like a book just fell out of the sky, mm -hmm. you know, and it was already leather bound and it, was, <laughs> and it had maps in it, you know. Um, but I, I think the thing to realize is, like, when we're talking about, you know, manuscript variations with, like, little things like, okay, this, this chunk wasn't here, that wasn't there uh, with this manuscript or whatever none of it's earth shattering like and and most of the time we're not talking about any kind of theological difference that's going to change what christians believe about an issue it just has to do with okay uh you know for instance uh the gospel of john uh, you know, if you're going through uh in john 8 you'll see usually a note that'll say all right original manuscripts did not have uh do not contain john 8 and that's the story of jesus with the woman caught in adultery with right, the, right. With the one who has no sin throw the first stone um but how they think that got inserted in there was the Gospel of John was circulating, and early Christians who knew Jesus, who loved that story, were like, "We need just to make sure this is documented and put it in here." <laughs> um, so sometimes you'll, you'll see stuff like that, but again, none of it is like, "Hey, this undermines our confidence in the scriptures or their authenticity or uh, their validity." It's just okay, you know, with like with different regions and, and stuff like that, you might have slight variations. Okay. So it sounds like you're speaking a lot of Greek to me, if you will. And I trust you will. Oh, great. Yeah. 
when when does the english language come into the picture like when it's translated in english yeah yeah you're right because for the longest time and this was another thing to realize is is in in centuries past there there were those in uh different church movements who believed that the scriptures should not be handed over to the common or to the to the peasant that they should stay in latin so mm-hmm. that uh no one could mess with them no one could uh maybe corrupt or misinterpret them um and then you start to see guys like uh, William Tyndale um, say, so, you know, like, let's let's put uh, the Bible in the common tongue. Uh, probably the first printed English Bible that we've got uh, came from a guy named Miles Coverdale way back in 1535. Um, it's a good name for someone writing a book. Yeah, yeah. Coverdale. There it is, yeah. Um, but that, that's an interesting thing to know that, okay, for the first 1,500 years of uh, Christianity, we didn't have an English Bible. Sure. So once the Bible was in the English language, mm-hmm. um, I always assumed King James was the first. No, no right? Yeah, I, I before this moment, I thought King James was the first English Bible. No, if I remember right, I think the the year that was published was sixteen eleven, somewhere around there. Okay, so after Coverdale, yeah, yeah. So, um, but if you've ever read the King James Bible, uh-huh. it's extremely difficult, right? It, it's the just a lot of words that we don't use or a lot more hats mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and vows and i'm really thankful that some other people took that and put it into our common tongue mm-hmm. rather than the old common tongue which to us is fancy tongue oh. <laughs> okay. that's it okay <laughs> Fancy tongue. Fancy tongue. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> All right. So what we know of today, and what I mentioned at the, the intro of the podcast, is you go to the Bible section, and there's the NIV, the ESV, the ASB. ASV? ASV? AFV? America's the, Funniest the Home OS, Video. The OSB? Sure. sure. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a type of plywood. Oh, okay. Well, no, but there there are a lot of them, though. Yeah. So let's dive into those different types of translations. Sure. Yeah. Well, there are typically three kinds of, of uh, Bible translations in English that you're going to encounter, um, and depending on I don't know the, the the school that you're from or the people that you're surrounded with, they might they might use different verbiage for them, but really it's going to fall into one of three camps, and those are word for word. Um, which would be sort of a literal translation. There's thought for thought, which is also known as dynamic. And then there's idea for idea, which would be also called paraphrase, right? And so um, some examples of this would be, like when we talk about word for word or literal um, translations that would fall into that camp. And by the way, um, there's no such thing as like a like a translation that just goes, all right, here's this word. Now directly in English, it's this. Right. Because, because like Greek and Hebrew as languages, they don't, they don't flow that way into English. But in terms of like as close to this word is here and this word is here as much as possible, um, that's what we're getting at with, with sort of word for word or literal um, examples of that would be like the King James Bible that we referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, a neat thing with that, like with the old English is or English is that um, one of the things that that it can do that our modern uh, words can't is that it can actually uh, create distinction between the word "you" in the singular and the and the plural, right? So you'll have. Uh, Ye and uh, oh man, I'm like on, on the other one now, but um, but that's that's kind of neat because when you go in the Greek, like 
oftentimes there will be a you like, but it'll be referencing a group of people, not an individual. Mm. And so King James can can differentiate that in in ways that modern uh, English can't. Kind of like with like you, know, you, you might say if you're in the South, like you and y'all, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's the idea there. Um, another one for word for word would also be like the New American Standard or uh, the NRSV, the, the New Revised Standard. Actually, fun fact, like when I was um, in Bible college and then seminary and you know, I'm taking my Greek class uh, or classes and would have to practice translating uh, the Greek to English, um, my like like when I would be done, what I would actually check my work against was the NRSV um, because I noticed that how I translated tended to line up with how they they had uh, worked it out. So um, hmm. that, that'd be kind of like a word for word, literal stuff. Now, then when we say like thought for thought or a, a dynamic uh, translation, what we mean is uh, what, what the translators might do is, okay, they, they might not uh, have them in the specific order, but they might convey uh, the thought of the text. So I'll give you an example, right? So whenever you're reading through the gospels um, in the original Greek and you find things talking about like, uh, somebody being moved in their heart, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, that that's a modern term. Like the, the original Greek there is normally talking about somebody being moved in their bowels. Um, <laughs> but because that's how they express the same thought. Interesting. Yeah, but but, but we're not we're not translating it that way. And so the, the thought is the same, but the word might be different. But in today's language, you'd probably be describing yeah, Taco be, Bell. Exactly. It, like, and, and the Bible <laughs> authors are not talking about a stomach issue. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so- like so some examples of dynamic would be like the ESV, the English Standard Version, or that most most famous one would be the NIV, which is by Zonder, a new new international version. Uh, or another one that I kind of enjoy is the New Living Translation, um, not the Living Bible. That's a, a different kind of translation, but the New Living is and a translation. NLT. NLT. Okay. And, and actually, I like that one a lot because it takes the English and just really smooths it out. So sometimes, like you know, versus the word for word kind with the NASB, the word the translation can be a little bit like wooden, and and the sentences are clunky, hmm. um, and they flow in a way that we don't really speak. Um, the NLT takes a lower reading level, first of all, which I appreciate. <laughs> nice, um, but it also puts it in more modern English that's easier to understand. Huh. Um, and and the the ESV and NIV they 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 do as well, but not maybe uh, in in that lower. Of a, a, Interesting. Of a yeah. So I've always, I, I found the NIV in high school okay. and I've never looked back. Okay. Wow. All right. I love the NIV. And so now you got me thinking I should give NLT a try. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. Yeah. And that's kind of the neat thing, right? You know, you, you say like you try it and you never look back. I think many of us, um, our first Bible, the one that we really dug into and began mm. to read, that's, that's our template for what we, what we, go to i know for me like i'll use the, the the niv usually when i'm preaching um and uh i do that many times because i remember verses in the verbiage of the niv right because it was my bible that i spent you know like tearing apart not not, not literally but like like as i'm reading into is what i mean you know dissecting yeah like really going into it um i had i had an nrsv uh, that I was, I was given when i was a kid but that wasn't the one that really like okay i mean when I think of this first, this is the verbiage that I think of. Mm. Yeah. And then, so there's the last kind, which is idea for idea or paraphrase. And this is important to realize that it's not a translation. Um, it's somebody taking, sometimes they, they use translations and then they just paraphrase the idea. Um, but not always. Like So two notable examples of Bibles that are paraphrased 
uh, would be the Living Bible or the Message, which is by E.G. Peterson. Right. Um, those at that point, we're not talking about hey, let's translate the Greek to the English. Instead, what the author is doing is going hey, um, here's the idea that I think is here, uh, and I'm going to um, make it as easy as possible uh, for the person to to hear. So for example, I don't know if this would be helpful or uh, at all or not, but I've got a, a list of uh, a way that a bunch of different tra- translations translate a specific verse so we can kind of compare them. Yeah. Okay. So I got this from the Bible Project, um, which great, great organization and site that's about you know, like for free training people to be better uh, acquainted and students of scripture. So it's really cool uh, site, bibleproject.com. Um but this is how they, they compare translations of Psalm 79, 8. Um, so, for instance, here's what the King James Version says. It says, Oh, remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Okay, so that's uh, King James. Now, here's, okay, so that's, that would be a, a literal, but here, let's hear another literal, okay, with not that, ang- or that ancient uh, verbiage. This would be the New American Standard, so also literal. Same verse. Same verse. Different translation. Cool. Okay, so these are both literal. And just sort of pay attention to how they're a little bit clunky. They're a little bit more wooden, right? So okay. New American Standard says this. Do not hold us responsible for the guilty deeds of our forefathers. Let your compassion come quickly to meet us, for we have become very low. Okay. That is so much easier to understand. Yeah. But let's go even easier. So okay. now let's, let's go Let's go thought for thought. So this would be, um, this would be New International Version. Okay. Again, Psalm 79, verse 8. Do not hold against us the sins of past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Mm, See, that's becoming even easier? Even better. Okay, but then we've mentioned New Living Translation. All right. Do not hold us guilty for the sins of our ancestors. Let your compassion quickly meet our needs, for we are on the brink of despair. You see what I mean? Okay. Okay, it's becoming it's becoming in more modern verbiage with the way that we would use idioms and, and expressions and stuff like that. But then let's say we, we take a, a paraphrase, okay? Okay. So this would be the message. All right, here's how the message uh, works with that verse. It says, don't blame us for the sins of our parents. Hurry up and help. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up and help us. We're at the end of our rope. Now, you know, is, is the original Hebrew saying anything about being at the end of our rope? No. No. Um, but, but it does get to the idea of the verse. That final line is the interesting part to me because the first one is because we are very low, yeah. I believe. And I was like, oh, what, what does that mean? And uh, one of them says the brink of despair. Mm-hmm. And then that one's the end of our rope. And it was just interesting to me because the way I would translate those, I would imagine those, we are very low. The brink of despair, I, I would, I would imagine that, you're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm about to be in despair. Uh-huh. So you, so you can see the like the the interpretation of the the author of that paraphrase being yeah. apparent in how they did that versus a translation where now we're just taking this word and we're moving it over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess what you're supposed to do with that is if you're ever, well, I've heard people do this. You, if you're not really sure what a verse means, you you read it in a different translation. Yeah. And yeah, kind of, kind of compare oh, I mean, where they overlap. Yeah, you know, there's a great website for free if you guys ever want to check out. It's called BibleHub.com. Mm. Um, there you can really, I mean, you can type in any verse that you want, and it will just list out the different translations with that specific verse. I have seen that. That's I didn't great. know what it was called though. I just, yeah. I just lucked out on the Google. Yeah, <laughs> look up her stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. I've always, if I can be transparent. Go. I've always turned my nose up at the message because I felt like it was too trendy for its own good. Wow. <laughs> you know, like I, I do enjoy, because that, that is literally how I talk. So that might even the be message? part of it. Yeah. That's okay. I use phrases like at the end of my rope, uh-huh. but I, I always thought it, it, sometimes it could be too casual sure. with some stuff and maybe that's just a me thing. NIV just feels like the right amount of simple and the right amount of formal. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> well, there you go. So we've, we talked about how, you know, I, I found the NIV and I've kind of stuck there. Uh-huh. Someone who's new to this, someone who's new to Christianity, who is considering reading the Bible for the first time or getting a Bible, like how, how are they supposed to know which one to buy? Cause I, yeah. a friend of mine, he, uh, we were, we were both in high school when we met the Lord and he went to get his own Bible and he mm-hmm. saw the leather bound one. Said, yeah. Ooh, I want that one. It's just <laughs> straight out of Indiana Jones, this like yeah. old looking Bible. And he bought a King James Bible. Okay. And so he was just, we'd go to Bible studies together and he was just struggling to follow along. Oh, okay. Okay. And well, like, you, you know what, but that's interesting that you say that because look, there are, there are folks who that is their, their Bible, yeah. right? You know, and, and it's not, I mean, there are Christian movements that would, would say, all right, King James only and anything else is corrupt. And that's a whole different conversation with hmm. um, all of that. But, but even if you're not part of that movement, I, I, I have, you know, friends who, Man, they grew up reading the King James in the church, and that's like it is to them what the NIV might be to you or to me. Where like that's man, when I think of this verse, I think of it within this wording, um, and so it can speak to them for sure. I think um, you know when we're asking the question like, okay, like how do we find the right one? It really comes down to like what is it that you want to use the Bible for, right? So like, hmm. is is your like are, are you wanting it for devotion? Are you wanting it for study of? Um, and maybe like a scholarly pursuit of scripture, you know, in terms of like, okay, oh, what's yeah. what's the closest? Like, you know, are you doing it? Maybe it's like an intellectual exercise, or are you just really wanting to understand it? Like, are you now? You know, I want to spend time with God. And I want to just open my Bible in my time of prayer and read. I mean, there's all it really, it really comes down to like what it is you want to do with it. And then, you know, you just, like you referenced, like the the shelf being full of Bibles. It's not just translations. There are different kinds of Bibles within those translations that that different editions um like there are things that are called like study bibles right where mm. it, it's going to have the text of scripture but it's also going to have probably points or commentary of some kind on on the verses to explain what you're reading or to give you the history with it so it's not actually the text of scripture but it's like you know the the publisher or scholar or whoever writing stuff under it um so it really comes down to like what it is you want to do with the bible that you're buying yeah and, and something that I, I believe I heard a little Christianese from you. Okay. Uh, using your Bible for devotion. Yeah. And I think the Mark, the Mark Dickey translation, the, the MDT uh, <laughs> of what you just said is 
this is my Bible for when I wake up in the morning, the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. (laughs) I'm trying to pray a little bit. I'm trying to read God's word and feel close to God. Yeah. I don't want to think about it like a textbook. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So when, yeah, when you said a Bible for devotion, it's kind of a, Thank you for translating that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I also have the message version. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Actually, no, I think that is the message version. You've woken up and your coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I'm very lost right now. Still bleary eyed. Wait, you, what are we? You wish to connect with the Lord. What are we saying right now? I'm re-saying what a Bible for demo- devotion means, but in the message version. I lost it. I'm sorry. All I'm, right. so, I'm sorry. So before we hop off the, let's say, uh, intro to the bible what are the what are the top two translations you would recommend oh that's not fair um if, if you're like brand new at all of it yeah it's going to depend on i don't know your reading level how you how you process things as you're reading them easiest ones in terms of like um i can pick it up and i can probably understand uh in my modern vernacular uh the new living translation or mm-hmm. Uh, the CEV, the Contemporary English Version, are going to be probably the easiest to read. Um, okay. But again, they're not literal translations. They're they're going to be um, thought for thought translations. Okay, so they're dynamic. Okay. If I guess there isn't really a tier system, is there? No. I was going to say, what's your medium re- translation? So I, I, per- <laughs> I personally, I personally go back and forth usually between. Uh, the NIV and the ESV, mm-hmm. um, and the, and the reason I do that just there's some things, uh, you know I think the NIV translates this better. I think the ESV translate that translate that better, um, but neither of them do I think are you know and, and people there there can be this whole debate around the NIV um, with again different movements. Gotcha. I, I'm not part of one that's critical of it, um, but I, I say that to say like. There's no such thing as a perfect translation, right. I don't think. Um, but but the translations are good enough that you can understand what the original text right. is saying. I always say this thing about how you watch this. This will come back around, I promise. Yeah. Uh, how you watch the news, um, how you get your news. It should be the same way that they track earthquakes, hmm. which is there are. It takes three seismometers or whatever to locate where the epicenter of the earthquake is. Okay. You have to have three different perspectives taking readings and somewhere in the center of those readings is where they perfectly locate where the earthquake started. And so the, the same thing with your news, like if you want to know what's actually happening and, and unbiased, read the same story from three different news sources. And then the same thing with scripture. If you're reading something and you're like, I don't understand what the, the ESV is saying about this. Well then pick up a new King James or an NLT or a NIV. Yeah. Or, I mean, or and, go to Bible uh, hub and just type right, that exactly. verse and let them list. Yeah, exactly. And then find the common ground and you can, instead of assuming what something means, if it's giving you trouble, you can see, okay, these different translations are all, leaning towards this interpretation of this piece of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it great to live in a time period where we've got printing presses and people studying things. And I mean, 
I just can't imagine being one of those early Christians, you know, where they they didn't even have Bibles yet, or yeah. you just had to take someone's word for oh, it. No, man, or we, we've been blessed. <laughs> you know, last year I, I got to do a really cool thing with my family. We went to visit um, the Bible Museum in oh, Washington yeah. D.C. and they've got a whole section in there on Bible translations and different manuscripts stuff like that. And, and it's astounding to see um, how many translations there are, not just in English but in different languages of the world, but also how many there aren't yet. Um, and, and that's something to realize, man, we've been afforded an incredible opportunity to be given the Bible in our own language and not just once, but so many times that we could have the advantage of without learning Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, have a pretty good idea of what its uh, original ideas are saying. Like that's such, I, I think, a gift from God for us. That is cool. Yeah. I haven't made it to the Bible Museum yet. Oh, dude, check it out. really I cool. Mean, Odds are good if you're listening to this podcast, you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, New Jersey area, and it is, I mean, D.C. really isn't that far away. Yeah. However, I have heard to see everything at the Museum of the Bible, you need like five to seven days. I don't know. I know. I could not do it in one. That's, that's all that I know. I, this, this is embarrassing to say. I didn't know it existed. Like, we just happened to be staying at a hotel that was near it and I walked out and I was like Bible Museum what yeah, I know right and that and that, I, that is wild I know and I went inside I was like this is like Bible Disney World it's incredible <laughs> I had no idea I was completely blown away so I went in with no expectations that's awesome yeah we should get them to sponsor this podcast okay <laughs> sure hey Bible Museum Awesome. Well, hey, if we've raised more questions than we've answered, we'd love to hear your questions. Email them to podcast at wearethebridge.org. Whether it's a question about Bible translations or a question you'd like for us to answer on the podcast, uh, either way, we appreciate you reaching out. We love hearing from you. And until next time, thanks for listening.